This week on A Quiet Voice, we're chatting with my friend Eileen Brady. I met Eileen at the very beginning of the year when we were both taking part in an Artist's Way workshop, following the brilliant wisdom of Julia Cameron to push against those creative blocks. Both of us came from different backgrounds, but found a great love for the pursuit of creativity at almost whatever cost. And I was struck instantly in our conversations just how calmer I would feel speaking with her, that I became very curious in what this woman was doing in order to bring that sense of calmness into every person that she meets. Eileen is a teacher of Qigong and Tai Chi, two martial art modalities that I don't really know anything about beyond maybe what I see in the movies. So in this episode, we dive deep into what those modalities are, how they bring so much benefit in many different ways to people. Her journey was to discover this and how it helped her move away from a more stressful life. Ultimately, how stress accumulates in the body and what we can do to move it out. I think if you're even remotely interested in modalities that can help your overall well-being, your physicality, your balance especially, this is a great podcast for you. Not to mention Eileen, she's just a wonderful person in general and has so much wisdom and knowledge on so many different subjects that I felt like we could talk for much longer than we did. And so without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Eileen Brady of Tai Chi Kanamara. I hope you enjoy. Thank you very much for joining me, Eileen, and I'm very happy to to have you. We always seem to have great conversations, and I have no doubt that this is going to be another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's a, thank you very much for um, inviting me along, and I'm I'm really pleased to I suppose get this opportunity to talk mm. about Tai Chi and Qigong, a subject that not many people know a lot about. So it's nice just to tease it out and let people know exactly what it is, where it comes from, and what it can do for you. Yeah, you say tease it out, probably because there's a lot that people have to discover for themselves. But maybe if you talked a little bit about how you discovered it, or how you walked into it, or how you felt the calling to ultimately teach Tai Chi and Qigong, then that would be great to know. And for me, it sort of came out of being very stressed at work, looking for something to really get out of my head a little bit and to really help me cope cope with the stress of my job. I sort of started with Tai Chi and I've had a long enough journey with it now. I've been doing it 15, 16 years and it's been a slow process. And after six, seven years, I had an opportunity to start teaching Tai Chi. And that was Another big step for me, because by teaching a course, you become, you learn so much more because you learn so much from your students and you sort of look at things a little bit differently and you um, have to explain them. So you really have to understand. And during COVID, the big step was going and connecting with Qigong. So Qigong 
is the root of Tai Chi. I had to go back to the foundation. And it really has been an eye, an eye opener. And Qigong is something not many people are familiar with in Ireland, but uh, most people would know a little bit about Tai Chi, those people in the park, usually in San Francisco, moving very gently, you know. But yeah. Qigong is in for feast, you know, people don't know what it is because it's not as visible. But it's a, it's a beautiful practice as well. And to me, the combination of both is, is my ideal and that's what I do. And that's, that's, I find that my Qigong has really, really nourished my Tai Chi an awful lot. So okay. I love that combination. Yeah. Okay. Well, if, if we can go back to like, before we delve into like what the difference is or, or how they, how they work, can you talk about like what it was when you first, when you first started to see that it was something that was helpful for you? Not just a, a a hobby or an interest or something that you do sometimes, but that it was actually something that was really connecting with health benefits for you. So really, I was very dedicated. Like I would, I would practice it every day. But I would, you know, that would be very much part of my character, my sort okay. of, you know, I had to do it hundred percent, or I don't do it at all. So that was very much part of it. And physically, you get benefits. You become much more supple, much more flexible. Um, and your core builds up, okay? So, you, you know, protects your back. I would have back issues. And so from that point of view, I would have been and much fisher, stronger than I've ever been. And I would have seen those benefits. I hill walk along, so I had no problem hill walking, no problem climbing, all these sort of things. And I suppose as I went on then, I realized there was more to Tai Chi than just a physical, physical sort of movement. And very much with Qigong, uh, it's more than just doing a physical movement. It's very much about balancing your emotions and balancing your mental health. Now, from Tai Chi, it does definitely calm you down. And it also brings your emotions into balance. But it's when I came to Qigong that I really, really started getting that benefit. Okay. So that is where the sort of journey has been with me. So... Yes, you feel really relaxed. My, my love is Tai Chi. I still love that okay. move. And a lot of my students love that movement. But then quite a lot of my students just love the simplicity of Qigong. It's okay. just easy. And uh, you get in there very quick. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you painted the picture for us, like seeing those people in San Francisco Park moving very slowly. And you can almost see like a monk or on a on a on a still lake, you know, practicing something. I know that Tai Chi has an a movement quality that seems to work with the elements too. And yeah. how would you explain Tai Chi to like somebody that has never even seen it before? So Tai Chi really the the essence of Tai Chi is that you're working with your energy. So in order to connect with our energy body, we have to slow down. So that is the most important thing. The movements are slow and gentle, and there is a flow to them. So what we're doing in Tai Chi is looking for that flow. We want to get to the state where we have effortless movements, where in actual fact, we totally relax and allow our energy to move us instead of us putting effort into our movement. And that's the goal all along. And the more you have that in your mindset, the easier it is to sort of sink into it. But if you're very stressed coming into it, it does take a while to slow down, 
and connect. You're connecting with your body. And by slowing down, then you're connecting with nature. When you were talking about the seasons, the whole idea is that we are going at the same rhythm as nature when we slow down. And so we reconnect. We reconnect to our body first and through the Tai Chi movements, which are all derived from nature, we reconnect to the nature around us. You know, the beautiful, like we, I practice indoors and outdoors and I teach outdoors and indoors and outdoors is always better because that's where it's been derived from. And that's where we get the best benefit, near the sea, near trees. And so that's what it is. It's about reconnecting to yourself, to your own power, your own healing power. Tai Chi is a martial arts, but we very much do it for health benefits. So what we're doing is using these movements to bring our body back into balance, you know, to make sure that our energy is flowing nicely. And so energy is not just your physical body, it's your emotions and your thoughts. So you're, you're helping all three by doing Qigong and Tai Chi. And so that's where the huge, that triple effect all the time. And that was the real eye-opener for me because once you start thinking that way and thinking, I am also benefiting my emotions and my mind here, then your intention, of course, helps the benefit that you get from the, from the movements. I see, and, I see what you mean. So most people would probably be only operating on one level. They're very yeah. conscious of a pain or they're conscious of their body or they're conscious of their breath or they're conscious of their emotions, but not all three at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you're saying that by moving very, I know you say, I, I, deliberate is what it looks like, deliberate movements, but they're not strenuous, right? Because you said effortless movement was is the idea. Yeah. It's very much about moving in a very relaxed way. So if you're pushing, you know, we're we're sort of accustomed in the West to pushing ourselves when we do our exercise, like no, no gain, get that heart rate up, push yourself to the limit. Otherwise, you're not getting full benefit. Whereas in Tai Chi and Chicago, it's the complete opposite. So you have to really, really let go, relax, and then the flow comes and then you move. So it's a very different mindset. So the movement, so if you push and try and do the movement to your 100, 150%, you are creating stress in your body and you're counterproductive to what you want to do. So you stay very much within a comfort zone, whatever you can do. The movement is there, but you do it to the best of your ability on that day so that you're doing it very relaxed and very gentle and very much at ease. And then it's like you just come into your own, you come into yourself. Okay. And um, when that ego, that ego of pushing and being absolutely the best and being perfect is gone. And so because we've been indoctrinated to do everything perfectly and, you know, 100%, this is very different because it's not about being 100% or being perfect. It's about really just enjoying it and feeling the movement and feeling your body. So you're sort of concentrating on your body the whole time. So your mind is very present. So this is where we come into the moment. And then your intention is to move as softly as you can. And then it just all begins to flow once you let go. And it's it's very much about letting go and sinking into yourself and sinking into that power and sinking into that movement. And we sort of, Sometimes restrict ourselves by saying, oh, I can't do this. I'm a certain age. And I, I am a certain age. 
and the people I teach are a certain age. And we are sort of, again, brainwashed a little bit to think, I'm, I'm 63, so therefore there's only so much I can do. Where in actual fact, that's very limiting. So I very much like to think this is a movement, do it as best you can, but don't think you can't do it, you know, because language is so important. And how we say things to ourselves is really important. So we're very open, very relaxed, very free. It's amazing how our body can move. And it's having, it's, it's really not setting your goals or not setting anything. You know, it's this whole thing of letting it flow. And that is, you know, just see what comes. It's a very different journey than going in and saying, well, I'm going to do this 10 times today. And I'm going to, you know. It's a different, you know, the East compared with the West is a very different uh, experience. And yet being brought up to the West, we bring certain qualities as well to our practice that are very beneficial as well. You know, yeah. we're very open, you know, we analyze a bit more than they would in the East, you know, but that helps other people. So for me to teach is the greatest gift because you're passing on these benefits to somebody and it is very it's not it can be as easy as you make it in from the point of view that if you don't set your expectations and just go with how your body feels it gradually then unwinds Mm. and then it opens this up for you Mm. and so it's 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 a it's a different approach is what i would say yeah Hmm. i'm not really like a person that goes to the gym very often I have my phases, you know, where you, but, but the thing that they always say is you got to have a goal. You maybe keep track of how many repetitions you're doing yeah. as a particular thing, how many sets, like all the jargon of like set repetition, strength, and then you, you, you execute and then you come out and you're supposed to feel so good because you've just stretched your muscles to the point of breaking them effectively. And so that they can rebuild and get bigger over time. I can see why you connect that an ego drive of achievement or or something. Now, I'm not saying that it's exclusive to that, but it can be associated yeah. with the wrong thing. And maybe maybe people can lack stamina and longevity in their pursuit of it because it gets into the place where they're looking for the body to be look better or be better or be stronger or vanity comparing to other people. Before, I, there's so many things that you touched on that are just so very deep, but can we, can we, Tai Chi involves effortless movement, letting go, and this synergy between body, mind, and emotions. And where is Qigong come come in? What is the difference? Tai Chi is a form of Qigong. Like, uh, uh, okay. So, like, Qigong has been around five thousand years, four thousand years, depending on you know what history book you look at. Whereas Tai Chi is much you know has been around hundreds of years, not thousands of uh, years. So, okay. it came out of Qigong. So really, Qigong is the root, it's the essence of Tai Chi. And again, it's energy. It's just, it's much easier, Colin, to, for like most of my students, when I started teaching Qigong, I lost a lot of them straight away from Tai Chi to Qigong because it's easier, they connected into it quicker. With Tai Chi, you do need a little bit of patience, a little bit of perseverance to sort of stick with it because to soften, you need to soften your body. And, you know, we've been taught to make it wrong and hard, whatever. So certainly in my case, when you sort of said to me, well, when did I start seeing benefits? Because I was so intent on those goals that I was looking for because I was very goal-oriented when I was doing 
started off my Tai Chi. Like you don't see your benefits, you see it physically or whatever. But there was deeper benefits to me, which is really the wonderful as well part of Tai Chi is where you soften and your outlook changes and things like that. You have to sort of back off those goals and whatever and see it. So Qigong is much quicker. You get in there quicker, you connect with your energy quicker, you see the benefits quicker. And that's the huge advantage of it. You don't move generally, you know, the majority. You have 5,000 different types of Qigong forms, which are just a series of movements. In, whereas in Tai Chi, you have five main styles, and within that, you know, you would have five maybe different forms. So the it's, a, mm. it's like this whole world can open up for you in relation to Qigong. And yeah, it's just to me, it's it's very much the the platform, the building blocks of your Tai Chi. You sort of have to go back in. So I would always start off my daily practice with, you know, self-massage, you know, to start off in before I get out of bed. And then I'm into my Qigong and then I finish off with my Tai Chi. Mm. So I've sort of warmed up the body, got everything nice and open, got my meridians moving, everything. And then the Tai Chi is so much easier again once I come around to it, you know. But there are some people who don't like Tai Chi. I'm not saying that everybody comes to love Tai Chi. Some people just find it very challenging. Yeah. And, they don't. and then there's some people who don't like Qigong. They don't like the fact that you're standing still. They don't like being in the one place. So it's like anything in life. Some people are going to like it and some people aren't. And the best way for me is I always, I could talk about it forever. You really have to experience it to know whether you like it or not, you know. And that's really the ultimate test. Yeah, experience. Yeah, I I really got touched by the word you used that we're trying to harden our bodies in the West. And it immediately occurred to me that if you're hardening something, well, for what, right? Is it for a challenge? Is it for a fight? Is it for a, a, a world that's going to try and break you? So you must be hard, you know? And I wonder, do you think that the perspective shifts to some other sort of spectrum or some other opposite when you're teaching or training your body to soften and let go? How does that factor into your your perspective of of your the pace of life or or what what life is yeah. about? Um, yeah, I think you know we create a shell, you know that protective shell around us, and we're sort of conditioned to do that to you know protect ourselves or whatever. And I suppose the more I do Tai Chi and Qigong, I realize that that shell is hindering my development and my connection with myself. And so I think if you are very much at ease in your body and in your mind, what happens is it's like that protection isn't necessary because things don't affect you. You don't let things affect you. So they, they blow past you like the wind. Whereas, you know, our normal thing is that we take them in, react to them, and then, you know, analyze them to an end degree, and then maybe let them go or maybe not. Whereas I think if you soften and are more at home in yourself and, and more strong in yourself, we have this beautiful power within us that we are connected with at all, I think, because we're not allowed, we're not taught that, we're not educated that way. So from very young, 
we're taught to disconnect from our body, from nature, from everything around us, unless we're very lucky. And so we're really all doing all of that by doing a practice like Tai Chi and Qigong. We're coming back to our essence and coming into our power. And once you're at home in your power and in your essence, then things don't affect you. So you see things very differently. You see other people around you and you want to definitely, you're, you want to interact with those people, but how, what's happening to them doesn't impact you as much in your, yes, you help and everything, but it doesn't affect you physically or to the same extent as it would. That's, I suppose, the way I look at it. And I see things differently. And, you know, it's not that I'm perfect and that nothing doesn't affect me. It's just that I am beginning to realize more and more of a choice as to how I react. And if I find myself, you know, thinking a particular way, I now actually realize that. And so I try and slip and change to a different mindset. So mm-hmm. that's, I suppose, the big journey for me that, you know, I am still challenged with that. Obviously, you know, so much happens around you that you, you know, to be able to just let it all walk by is the, is the nirvana, you know. But to be aware of how you react to things, I think, is a big eye opener, you know, and that's the, I suppose, the big step for me. So, mm. yes, I think softening to me, and it is, again, something that we're taught not to be soft. You have to be strong. You have to be. But you see, in Tai Chi, the power comes from the softness, from the yielding, not from the fighting. So you don't ever fight. They're always counter, counter counter attacks you could call it so you're using the incoming energy of your opponent against them and because you're so relaxed you're always that little bit ahead of them from that part you can sense them and whatever so that's the martial because initially all of these moves are martial in order and so it's very much about being at ease totally in your body totally relaxed it's like the runners in the Olympics and you watch them and you watch the ones that are in slow effort. It looks effortless. And that's what we're looking for. Cats, mm. they move, <laughs> they move effort, they jump effortlessly. So I always say to my students, look at your cats, you know, try and, and yeah, look at your that's, that's what it's all about. That's uh, it's about. And yeah, soft thing is we're told it's a, a sign of weakness. But, you know, water is very soft. And so they always use the analogy of water in Tai how water is loving itself, but look what it does to borders. Look what it does. You know, so that power underneath. And so it's, ha- it's to have that ease within yourself. And that's what it is. An ease with yourself and an acceptance of yourself, where you are, where you're at. And yeah, the more you do a practice like Tai Chi and Qigong, the more happy you are in yourself. Mm. And that's really the biggie, you know? Yeah, well... You, you spoke about the, the fact that you discovered these modalities, practices, after experiencing a high level of stress at, at work. And, the, and I think you've told me before that the people that come to your classes, whether in person or online, are often around the same age as you or plus or minus, you know, 10 or 15 years, maybe. That still put that, what do you think is the reason why people come to you? Do they come I mean, they're not, or come to the practice, I should say. You were just the vessel for the practice, but do they come to the practice because they're at a place where they 
are desperate to try something else? Or are they in a place where they're in a sense of uh, rebuilding after a break? Or are they dealing with health, physical, mental? And yeah. and I also am curious why, because why the Qigong and, and Tai Chi is so popular among people of that age group too. I know that maybe yeah. it's because it's not extremely physically strenuous, but yeah. but if there's yeah. another aspect too, you would be the one to tell us. I think most people are attracted to it because they think they it looks easy. Okay. <laughs> so they look at Tai Chi and they say, I can do it. It's very easy. You know? <laughs> Bro, and people come to me and they say, I can't do it. This, that, and the other one. I think I can do Tai Chi because of that conception that it's a very gentle movement and it's very easy. And it is, it is beautiful and the movements are, but the movements are challenging. They just look easy. Okay. So, but it is easier than running up a hill or going around it, you know, something like that. So you're not stressing your system, which is a big mm. thing. And for people like I, I teach people 50 and older. I would love if people did touch in young from very early on because it just would help you so much as you go through life, you know? I came to it in my 40s. I really would love to have come to it in my 20s, you know, or earlier. And it just means that the big thing is that you become more aware of your body. So your body talks to you all the time, but we stop listening to it. You know, the faster and the more stressful a life we lead, we just ignore our body because we're just too busy doing other things. Or, you know, we are on that go, go, go mode. So what happens is you begin to hear and see your body again. And so it tells you, it's not that it's telling you, it's always been telling you, but you actually hear it. And so you can feel, because what I, I'm, by the stage I came to Tai Chi, my, I was totally tight. I used to go around with my fist clenched. I didn't even realize it. And for, I'd say the first three years, my teacher used to say, you relax your shoulders, relax your shoulders. And I actually thought I was beautifully relaxed. And that's the problem. When we can become very stressed, we don't actually feel it in our, we don't feel anything anymore until then you get this whopping pain somewhere. So pain hmm. or discomfort is our body, our body, that's the way our body talks to us is through pain and discomfort, you know? So if it's a little discomfort and we ignore it, then it comes more and more and more. And then eventually, Sometimes you just don't hear it anymore. You don't feel it, okay? Because we've gone beyond hearing mm. and feeling. So the first thing is you come back into feeling your body. And so now you will know what's wrong with your body earlier. And so yeah. it's very proactive exercise. So yes, people come when they have bad backs and they want to strengthen their core. Or, But I will definitely say most people come to me initially because they think it's amazing thing to do and it looks nice and yeah. um, so that is why no, it's <laughs> different you know but and uh, tai chi is very much that they all love that picture of people in the park and it is lovely and when you see people doing it in in sort of a group it is a gorgeous way and you get a beautiful energy from doing yeah, it together, that. so that's really why people come they think it's easy and they're at a certain stage where they have limited or think they're limited to what they can do Okay, mm. so balance is another big thing why people come and do Tai Chi. It is the best thing for balance. And it is the one sense we forget about, oh, my eyes are going to get worse as I get older, my hearing, my this, my that, and we forget about our balance. 
So yeah. it is one of our sentences that is very much strengthened with Tai Chi. Um, hmm. So there's but, a lot of things that appear in that age that are probably acute pains or acute health problems that have come, come from decades uh, of not listening to where yeah. you're holding stress or strain. And so yeah. you're saying that this this stress accumulates in particular parts of your body until it's so the only way that the body can communicate to you that something is wrong is by having something deeply painful. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Hmm. But eventually you come, if you're very in tune with your energy body, it doesn't get to the pain stage. That's the lovely thing. You can feel it in your energy. Like energy drives everything in our body, okay? Our physical body, our emotions, and our mind. So, but we, we're not used to feeling it or connecting with it. And that's the other thing. When you do touch it, you go and you feel it. You feel this. For some people, it can be buzzing. For other people, it can be just that ease. For me, it's very much an easy movement. I know where mm. my energy is going. So you become, so now I can feel things that are out, that aren't right very quickly, you know. And so you do a bit of work on them. And with Qigong as well, you have this lovely, like the five element movement is what I teach. And it's very the foundation of Chinese medicine and it's the foundation really of what I think is Qigong and Tai Chi as well, where you're, you're bringing your major organs back into balance. And what I love, I suppose, the biggest thing, Colin, I love about Tai Chi and Qigong is I have this tool myself that I can actually look after my health. So I'm not depending on somebody else to make me better. I actually can make myself better by being very proactive and doing my practice every day. But also if I see it as coming into winter, then I concentrate more on my long energy, you know, when it's coming no. into you know, sorry, into autumn, it would be very much our long energy, very much by letting go. So when you were talking about the seasons, there's a whole beautiful rhythm of moving with the seasons. When we come into winter, it's more about our kidneys, you know, into spring, it's about our liver. In summer, it's all about our heart, you know, and your earth, your, your mother earth is there in the background all the time as well. So, you know, depending on what symptoms I might have, I, you know, while somebody else would take a pill, I would yeah. go and do a movement. So it's lovely to have something yeah. and do moves in rhythm. So this is what we've done with our Qigong is this last year. We're moving in rhythm with the seasons. And it's a, it's a lovely way. And you sort of concentrate on one particular organ, one energy type you have in, yeah. in your body. And it's, it's bringing us back into rhythm with the seasons and very, very much. So... It, it is a lovely way of looking after your body and staying attuned with yourself and realizing that you have this power. Yeah. You know, knowing. And it brings you back into that knowing because we forget about that as well. Mm. That sort of inner wisdom. You know? Yeah. I've done other episodes about the Celtic calendar and how there's a natural, well, it's just one example of how a culture created an architecture through which you can observe how the changing seasons are affecting, well, gosh, your emotional, physical, mental well-being, and then on your survival level, how to prepare in order to make sure that you're in the right position. But also this, by me talking about it, then I started to observe it. It wasn't like I was like, you know, attuned to all of the seasons all the time. And, and, and in fact, working with more foraging and more herbal things 
taking walks and uh, seeing what's in bloom or seeing what's what's there. It's the last year I've really noticed the change in seasons in a way that made me feel that I was completely blind before. And and it, and I was we were just I was just on a walk with Maria and we were talking about this very thing. I was like, gosh, it is as if I was completely had my eyes closed the whole time. And maybe it was probably for a lot of factors because your your head is on work or it's on a a, a schedule that is not really one yours to control. And yeah. not to say that the seasons are ever yours to control, as much as to say it's like these are these contrived calendars like school or work or holidays or you know whatever. And the the thing that I could start to to sense was that it isn't so much about noticing the change in the seasons as much as having those practices at the cusp of the change and witnessing the change in your body so that then you can be more attuned to what you need to do in order to prepare for that change, for the for the change in seasons. And I've heard that like spring and fall are both kind of like transition seasons for summer and winter and that their whole focus is meant to kind of release release things or welcome things in from from winter from the dormancy of winter or releasing things from this excitement of of summer well number one i would be great to to i know that i know that qigong doesn't really involve any movement so it would be great to kind of have a sense around what we could do seated or or just by ourselves but what do you guide people in the fall because we're about to enter the fall. I don't know if we've entered the fall yet, but Lunasa usually is yeah, like the entrance into it. And what are you guiding your students at this time to observe or do to to just welcome winter without sort of that heaviness of dread, which comes with like the four o'clock sun sundown. <laughs> you know? uh, so this is the big thing when you were talking about calendar. So our Celtic calendar, we're in autumn. And I am sort mm. of very much more in tune with the Celtic. So there was this thing, which would be go by the meteorological, if you're up the Met surface, we're still in summer. But, um, so we, we're going by our Celtic calendar. So this is autumn as far as we're concerned. And this is our long time. And this is when our lungs are most vulnerable. So we have to nourish them the most so that we build. So in Chinese medicine, our lung energy, which runs through our lung meridians, we want each side of our body, it feeds our lungs, but it also feeds our immunity and it feeds our skin and it feeds our nasal passages and our, our sinuses. So when we're doing our lung movements and feeding our lung meridian, we are benefiting from all of that. And also, according to Chinese medicine, our lungs are associated. They're the yin organ and the yang organ is our large intestine, another major elimination organ. So if you had a problem with your gut, and you went to a Chinese doctor, they'd be looking at your lung energy. They wouldn't be looking at, you know, obviously they'd be looking at your diet and things like that as well, but be, it is an indication that your lung energy is out of sync. So by doing these long movements for us, we're nourishing all of that, not just our lungs. So we're nourishing our skin, very much building up our immune state. So that's sort of very much the physical part of it, okay? And mm. um, so the emotional part of it is lung energy is about hanging on to things, okay? So we won't let things go. So it's about the fall, think of the leaves, you know, the trees giving up their leaves. Yeah. Allowing them to drop to the earth to be composted and to be 
you know, come into you again. So we're, it's really much a time for us to let go. Okay. We really need to let go of stuff that is holding us back. That is not allowing us to be our authentic self, our true self. So a lot of the movements are about that as well. Do you think that these movements are connecting you with the deliberate knowledge of what you're letting go? Or is it a process that's just allowing things to be shed, maybe without knowing exactly that you're shedding that thing? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. Okay. I mean... Some of us know, I mean, sometimes you know that you're hanging on to something there, you know, or, um, and this is where it all comes back into like forgiving people, you know, this thing of when you're free, you have forgiven, okay, you've moved on. So, it, you know, people think that holding on to things are big things. Sometimes it's a very little thing, you know, little, small, and series of little things that we need to sort of let go and move on, you know. So it could be something that we absolutely know about and that, you know, is doggedly hanging there in the sure. background. And then it's just stuff. It's just stuff that we don't subconsciously, not a lot of stuff that we don't know, you know, subconsciously we're holding on to and we don't actually realize. And the other, yeah. I suppose, the other emotional part of lung energy is, you know, when lungs are out of balance, we're very much down in spirit. We're very depressed. It's also associated with grief, which is, does have its its need, okay? Obviously, if we lose somebody or something major is happening in your life, we're going to grieve and you have to go through that process. And by doing the long movements, we help ourselves through that process more. It helps us on that journey, you know? It's Urging. not that we're going to banish it and say, oh, there's no need for this, there is need. Uh, and sort of despair. So it's, and then the positive aspects of the emotion so by transforming our negative into our positive that's what we're trying to do with our archigong and tachi we would be very much inspired so when you breathe in you're very much breathing in inspiration every time you take that lovely in breath and when you breathe out you're letting go so there's that very basic thing i'm breathing in inspiration now i love the new energy into my body letting go of the old energy that's i don't need anymore and that is just holding me back mm-hmm. so even that Simple in and out breath is very much representing what that is. And so when we are in balance and our lung energy is at its best, we're absolutely confident and we're courageous. Mm. And we just, nothing and hold us back to our vision. We, we're able to lead the life that we want to lead. And so that's what we're really looking for. And so our breath is our greatest source of energy. So it's our quickest and our easiest source of energy. So by by slowing down our breath, so the, the certain basic, when we start all our classes off, Qigong or Tai Chi is moving out of fight and flight into this lovely rest and digest mode. And anybody who's done Rest and digest, okay. Rest yeah, so rest and digest is this lovely, you know, from a scientific point of view, we're moving out of a sympathetic mode where we think that we're in, in uh, under threat, you know, and that would have been, when going back to when we were hunter gatherers, we need it. We needed to be able to run fast. We need to be able to protect ourselves. But now we seem to think that everything is that terrible thing. Oh, I have to go to the dentist. So I have to be invited to flight. Oh, I have to, you know, or through the shopping, I have to be invited to flight. So we really <laughs> exaggerated that fight and flight into every aspect of our life so that we're in that mode. And the problem with that is our body is absolutely at fault tilt. It's like Scotty in Star Trek. He's given it everything. Absolutely, Captain Kirk, I'm giving it everything. And there's nothing left in the in the engine. So 
we're going full hold. And that's okay for a very short period of time when you need to for, you know, a, a major event. But when you're at that, your poor body is absolutely being drained the whole time. Yeah, that's just by doing coming out of that, just giving your body a chance and your mind a chance, just slowing down your breath is the quickest and the easiest thing that we can do to help our body and help our mind and help our emotions. Because our breath is our way of talking to our body, to our nervous system. Mm. And our breath is always a reflection of our emotions. So if we just take the time and the effort to just slow it down, it's not a big, complicated thing. You just close your eyes. Like closing our eyes, some people find that very, very... I was quite surprised we had, we had a lady who joined our group outdoors and we were doing our usual, you know, slowing down our breaths at the beginning of class, closing our eyes. And she couldn't close her eyes because she, she said you'd never, where she came from, like that would be dangerous because you wouldn't know, and in a park, God only knows who'd come up. So, you know, we're so blessed to live in a sort of environment where we feel at ease outdoors. I mean, it sort of made me thankful for just that we we practice in this beautiful garden in Saltill and we hear the sea in the background and these gorgeous trees around us and we have this little fountain going and everything. And so we really think it helps us, that environment of nature all around us helps us to sink into this lovely interior selves. So we just close our eyes, we place our hands on our abdomen and we just allow our abdomen to expand as we breathe in and allow it to fall against our spine as we breathe out. And that gentle, deep breath. So some people, again, have difficulty with the downhill breathing. They just get, get confused. What am I doing? So it doesn't have to be, you know, just recall as abdominal breathing, belly breathing, but just slow down your breath. Mm. That's all you have to do. Don't think, you know, thinking about things too much can actually get in our way. And by doing that, you're doing so much. You're talking to your nervous system. You're asking it to move out of fight and flight into rest and digest. When we're in rest and digest, our body can heal and merge. It cannot do it when we're in fight and flight. It's just full on. It's doing everything it can just to keep us going. So by just coming out for a few minutes and allowing your whole body to just ah, take a breather, we do so much good. We just do yeah. so much for our mind, our emotions, and our physical body. Because our physical body now, because we're always zoned in on the physical body. We're just, a lot of people come to me because something physically wrong with them. And yet we all, all need our mental health and we all need our emotional health. And our mental and emotional health totally and utterly affects our physical health. And, you know, Western medicine is realizing this more and more. And so if you're going to the gym and killing yourself and you're not looking after your mental health, it's just so counterproductive because yeah. it's the mind and the emotions that control the body. And so we really have to take it from the top down. And just giving, being kind to ourselves. We're so used to sort of pushing ourselves. We never, ever, you know, realize it's, it's, it's just so good for us to be nice to ourselves, you know. And then you can be nice to other people. That's the biggie as well. That I really have to learn, really had to learn that if I'm not... If I'm not in a good mood or good form, and if I'm not good to myself, then you find it nearly impossible to be nice to other people. If you're not nice to yourself, it's like, you know, 
in the airplane and it's the, the air pressure comes down and oxygen's come down, you have to look after yourself and then you're able to help other people. So we really forget that so much. And we have yeah. the theory of it. And it's this is the the other thing is the theory is easy. It's the actual doing it that's hard always, yes. you know? Um, yeah, the the I took a, a class. Well, there's so many things that you that that on a personal level, first as we've been easing out of summer, I found that like my practice was just completely stale and boring and not really fulfilling. And then yeah. I immediately started breathing without even, or just doing breath work in the morning without even realizing that that was connected with the season, you know, but it just feels, feels so good to, to do that. And, and I think that you are combining the release intention, right. With the mm-hmm. inspiration intention, with yeah. the breath and out breath to just connect even more with your, sympathetic nervous parasympathetic nervous system and then connecting with your mind to let go of those things i think that's a adds an extra extra um dimension to yeah. to, to all to all of it the other i took a class a workshop on emotional well-being during well during the spring and it, of course you know it's the kind of workshop that when you take you don't really hear everything <laughs> it takes a while for everything to sink in and yeah. one of the things that 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 he talked about this is pat pat davily i don't know if you know who, who he, who he is, he's a kind of a men's wellness professional, I guess, or whatever, is that, is that when you're, when you're in that fight or flight mode and you are feeling that you're not happy with yourself or you're not confident or you're not really in your best state, that the best way to notice those, that positioning of your, of, of your, of a poor state of state of mind is by noticing that every single person around you looks like they're your enemy, you know, or that, yeah. or that they're attacking you, or you start to feel as if you're closed in or, or unable to escape, or people stop being happy and nice and they start being cynical or these types. And it, and I was like, gosh, that is, that is a great way to observe the change in your own symptoms, you know, own sim- symptoms through an external almost mirror. But yet at the same time, gosh, those people are so cynical and just are argumentative all the time. And, and, and it's hard to have that moment where you're self-aware enough to see beyond the experience of just being defensive, you know, and, yeah. uh, and I can see that those practices that you're speaking about, they accumulate over time. I, I gather that constant practice every single day or, or whenever you can, it probably creates this new level of you know, of, of, of letting go that moves out outward slowly, not all at once. Right. Yeah. And so do you, when you're doing your, well, actually maybe just tell us right now, uh, since I'm going to ask the question anyway, what kind of, of, of offerings you have for your students or for your, in your classes, I particularly want to know if they, if you recommend that they last a longer period of time to see what that, see that benefit. Yeah. So for me, I, for me, the ultimate is if people would do a practice every day. It doesn't sure. have to be a huge amount of practice because coming once a week is lovely. But the thing is, you always need to bring your body back into balance. So it would be lovely if you went to a class and it lasted a week and you only had to come once a week and, and you know, get that, you know, boost and off you go again. But, you know, you do have to, in me and everybody else, Unfortunately, we live in this world where we're always challenged. So we need to always 
bring our body back into balance. And we're still also undoing, like I'm undoing, the, undoing the past. all the years, you know, and mm-hmm. of course, you know, the later you start with the practice, the more you have to undo. So I'm still undoing all of those years of where I pushed my body and pushed my mind and pushed everything. So it is important that you do it every day. Um, that is the biggie. And like, it can be, you know, some days I love when I'm not on a schedule and I can just do loads of it in the morning, not under pressure. But, you know, when I'm sort of back into full-time teaching, you know, for me, then I'm on a schedule and I, I have to factor in that. And so I'm not doing as much as I would like, but I'm still making sure that I do it. So I would try and get my students to do it every day. And in class then, so we have sort of a setup here that the, my students can come to me, you know, as often. They, I, I teach three days a week and so they can come all three days, you know. They just pay their one class and they come to me all three days if they want. So it's to try and encourage that sort of daily practice to get mm. people into the habit that it's not just a once a week sort of affair that they do have to rebalance the body every day and bring it back into equilibrium or whatever, you know? So that to me is the ultimate. And I would try and get my students to do a combination of Qigong and Tai Chi because I think that is the best. We do a little bit of Qigong in our Tai Chi class, but, and again, that either will appeal to students or not. And so it, it really depends where people are. And it really depends what they like. So that will be the share. Yeah, where they are, where if they can listen to the teacher, right? <laughs> yeah. And like people, we're all different, you know, we're all yeah. different. And it's lovely. Like even when I'm teaching, like I would have a, a particular way of saying something. And then you suddenly realize, you know, from a question from your students, they, they, you know, it, they're explaining it in a different way. And I think, oh, yeah. And then the class sort of can understand that explanation mm. better than mine. It's like... So you're all learning body. together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, one of my friends gave me this is a story about a body teacher telling a little girl that, you know, she had to have her heels together at the beginning of ballet. And like, this little one just couldn't get it, you know? And then somebody else said, oh, just keep your toes apart. And so she felt... And so it's just, it's that, you know, we, we all are different. We all think differently. And it's and we all learn differently, you know. You, you sort of, but and people will veer towards whatever. It's a bit like what you were saying. You naturally start to do your best work again. And I think the more you're into sort of looking after your body, looking after your mind, looking after your spirit, you naturally tend to start to do the things that your body needs. You know, it's like we have that that's that inner inner knowing, inner wisdom prompting you, and you just do it without realizing it, which is lovely. So yeah, yeah. I just think every day and do do something that you like. Yeah. No point doing it if you think, oh, I'm doing this because it's good for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not oh, enjoying the process, you know. Yeah. Uh, I Jeez, yeah, that it, that I think that really can be so. I don't know. It's counterproductive to shame yourself yeah. into doing something that you feel. Oh, if I just did this, then I would be better. But if the shame is the guiding force of you doing the thing, then you're just carrying that with you the whole practice. Yeah. 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 That's why I, I, somebody, when, when I lead meditations or, or do guidance there, like, I don't think anybody should meditate. Like it's just, nobody should be 
compelled or forced to do it. You can't bring your your partner to a meditation circle and say, you're going to sit down here and you're going to do this meditation. <laughs> it, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work like that. And so in the same way, if we're very callous to a most vulnerable part of ourselves that wants to to be better or to heal, then it's just yeah. going to be closed even even more, kind of like that, yeah. kind of like a child. But So in relation to meditation, because I would have really come to meditation quite late and I'm not... Okay. I'm certainly not one of these people who sit down and, and do, you know, an hour of meditation. I, I I just don't have that discipline. But I think the apps are just fantastic. Mm. Absolutely beautiful yeah, way of introducing you into that practice and showing you the benefit of that practice and easing into it. I they they've been a mind opener for me, you know, and have made the discovery of meditation so much more pleasurable, you yeah. know. Well, you need your own app now, Eileen. You need your your Qigong app, the Eileen uh, app. Or... I just, yeah, <laughs> it's not. I'm, I'm inside timer is my one at the moment. I just love you. Such variety, and it's just you can have five minutes, you can have fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. you can have twenty minutes, you can do an hour. It's just lovely, and that's what I like about it. It's just it's geared towards the fact that we're all very different. We're at different stages, and depending on the day, you're going to be in the mood for something different you know so that to me has been really lovely because Qigong again has very much they have it's it's about a very meditative part at the end of of the class which we don't necessarily have in Tai Chi whereas in Qigong it's very much that the movement the breath and the meditation your intent and your at your your attention as well you know so it's lovely so yeah there's there's so many questions that I that I have like about I mean, I, I mean, in my from my own experience of that, that experience of being apart from your body, or being being able to see that that you're not necessarily your body, and I feel like we could talk about all those things, but at the same time, it, the the practice will guide you to those experiences, which you know, and even even still, the experience that I have is so unique to to me, and your experience is so unique to you that it isn't as if. It isn't as if we're teaching anybody anything as much as just trying to guide them into a place where they can teach themselves or the experience of of doing something something consistently. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we consistently do so many things all the time. We are on in social media. We watch the news, or we eat at the same time time every day. And yeah, it, while it might take a little maybe discipline or or a little bit of force to bring you into a new practice, it can completely change a lot around the rest of rest of your life. Uh, I suppose what what brings me to do my practice every day is I really love that sensation of doing it. And I love that feeling afterwards. And it sort of starts my day for me. And so I really like that. And I think that's important that you need to feel that sort of benefit, you know, that mm. you really feel good after doing the practice, you know, it's like people who go while swimming, they, they don't like it, they don't like the getting undressed in the cold and everything, afterwards, they yeah. just feel good, you know. Uh, but it, yeah, it is about discipline. And I do think if you want to get the best benefit, and that's that's it, if you want to get the best benefit, then yeah. it is important to do it every day. You know, thinking back on all the stuff we talked about, we've really covered a lot. Yeah, yeah. I really particularly love talking about that—the rhythm of nature and 
the it's almost as if like it's almost as if these practices bring you into a present moment, right? And then when you string together lots of present moments, you have a a year or a month or a season in which you can start to observe how something beyond yourself is moving your life. And then that element of surrender and letting go that you spoke about it, that's so key to the practice, becomes more apparent. Like you can suddenly trust that when you let go, it's not going to be let go into a, a torrent or a storm or something, as much as it's just a natural pace that has been carrying you this whole time. And because we so associate with the spectacle of what society tells us is real, we're just so like white knuckling, white knuckling the whole time. And it doesn't let us actually see the ride that we're, that we're on. And that is it. It's that it brings you much more into the present moment so that you're able to enjoy the present moment. And it is about having, as you say, the trust in the face. Mm. Because we're so conditioned about hanging on and, you know, being being this person that we've always been. So, you know, it is a bit of a challenge to sort of say. Yeah. I don't know what now we're really going to get out there. So we don't need to answer these questions if it's not something that interests you. But when you speak about trust and faith and what what do you do you do you feel that you have trust or faith in a particular thing beyond yourself and if so or if not like has that changed since you've been practicing these modalities more over the last 15 or 16 years and I'm, I, if i'll just add this little bit to kind of give a different kind of uh foothold i'm very curious around why these you know, quote unquote, Eastern modalities are becoming more popular in Ireland, which is such a Catholic country. Mm-hmm. What, what, I, I presume that you were raised Catholic and what's the yeah. path you think that people move out of, out of that into this, you know? I think for me, the biggest thing about this practice is that it has made me realize my own healing ability in my own power okay so that's the first thing okay but i would be very much aware of being part of a bigger picture that i'm not you know that i'm only a small part of the whole if you know what i mean and yes very much brought up cancer so having faith to me is having faith that i will be guided by whatever and i don't tend to think of it as any particular thing sometimes if I'm really stressed of course I naturally think it's God because that's the way I was brought up you know Uh, but it is about having faith that you will be guided towards what's best for you you know so what I think what the eastern does as compared to the western is that you are very much part of that journey and that you by sort of you know coming into your own power are actually taking very much an active part of that and getting the best, I suppose, out of the journey, you know. And I think really our, for me, Catholicism is so closed. It's so narrow. It's so terribly fixed in this thinking. Whereas East is much more open. Like Tai Chi Chi or not, there's no religious connotations. There is a Taoism, you know, philosophy behind it. And really the Taoism is about very much living in tune with nature. It's 
that's the huge part of it. That when you live in tune with nature, you're very much in the flow and life will will be easy as a result of that. Whereas when we're out of sync, out of balance, then you know, life becomes more complicated, more challenging. So to me, it's a much nicer concept to be in tune with nature. And that this is this beautiful power around us and that we're part of it, like nature's energy, we're energy. And it is that sense that you are part of this bigger thing. Um, so that's what it is for me. And so yeah, it's really to, oh, sorry. Un, yeah, it's undoing all the years of thinking that thou shalt not this and thou shalt not that and that very black and white, very black and white attitude towards life, you know? Yeah, no. And unfortunately life isn't as clear cut to me as as that. It's very much about being in the grey, is what I call it now, that there's no right and wrong. And I know people say, you know, there's always a right and wrong over there. There's always you know, it's like always looking at the other side or always seeing it, you know, in a, in a, from another point of view, that there's not only our point of view, that there's mm. always the other point of view. And it's, it's, I used to spend all oh, the greatest part of my life thinking, this is right, this is wrong. I was a pharmacist, everything. In, I mean, in that job, everything was black and white, you know, so I would have been very scientific in my background and everything, totally neglecting a whole beautiful creative part of my my life, you know. Mm-hmm. So again, it's about balance and it's about, uh, yeah, I just think it's not really talked about in Catholicism. Like it's very much, there's the Bible, there's your Ten Commandments. And what really sort of when I look around and I just think like, it's like it's written on paper, but what are people doing? What are actually people, how are people living? And they're not living that way. Mm-hmm. So what is the point of having this whole doctrine if in actual fact everybody is mm. not living? Like why, uh, whereas in the East they keep it just very simple. Mm. You know, love your neighbour, forgive, you know, live in the moment, forget about the past that's gone, don't worry about the future, just to come. Like it's, when it comes down to it, it's so, so simple, you know? Yeah, the part and, that you yeah. in touch with nature too, I can see that you then become something that isn't a part, but a part. And yeah. and having the, having that as a core practice of, of 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 qigong or tai chi is 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 restoring this link that that that, that maybe becomes disjointed from a, a Catholic upbringing or or maybe a traditional more like Western upbringing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I find that so much of of what my experience is in my own life, you whether it's a substance or alcohol or whatever or you're 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 so you can be so preoccupied with getting outside of yourself that outside of yourself in a different experience that that you begin to associate so much with the external experience and miss the richness that comes from a disciplined effort at cultivating a sense of presence in your in your own body you know and that that's a much more important pursuit in your life that can that that brings you to more verdant places than, you know, than just that aesthetic sensorial experience of, of the substance or of the, the thing. Yeah. And mm. I think as well, you know, the connection in nature is very much what you were saying about foraging, like what we eat is so important, you know, from a Tai Chi point of view and Qigong. 
oh. the two big sources of energy is the air that we breathe and the food and water, water that we drink and the food that we eat. And, you know, if you go into a supermarket and just look at what is available, like 80% of it is processed, 90 I'd say. And then fresh food is so small compared with that. And like we've moved totally away from the nature in relation to that. Everything is prepared, made easy, stick it in the microwave. And that's, and that really is not nourishment or food or proper energy source, you know. And it's, it's from that very basic point of view. And yeah, it's, it's that we complicate, you know, they, they, the people in these things complicate life so much, you know, and like really everything we want is within us, you know, this, that everything that we need. So it's that thing that we need to drink in order to enjoy ourselves. We need to go on a holiday in order to relax. We need to, we need the sun in order to, you know, particularly in Ireland, I would say, mm. to, you know, and I would agree it does bring us into a good mood. But you can look out at a rainy day and feel a good, you know, it's so much with inner capability yeah. to make the most of any situation. But we are, we are conditioned to think this is the ideal. And if you don't have it, like if you don't have the big car and the big house and the two houses, one in Spain and one in Ireland. And, you know, we really very subliminally are conditioned to think all these things are going to make us happy. And, you know, and that's where the East has an advantage over us, but they're becoming very like us. I know that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. And they're, Sorry, yeah. they're, they're yeah, developing they're a hunger for the same things yeah. that we're hungry yeah. for. And they're uh, changing. They're getting rid yeah. of their culture. They're thinking it's okay to be like us in the West. They look at what we have and they think that that's, that's what's, you see, you know, and it is that whole materialistic thing as well. Money, money. Sure. It's easy in the West to say that when, you know, we have good food and we have, you know, but Naturally. I just think we've got the balance totally wrong in, in the world. We are just so running around after ourselves. It's sad, really. And... Uh, it's yeah hungry so, but filling it with the wrong things yeah filling yeah. it with things that are created that are fixing the sensation of hunger without the nourishment yeah and yeah. that that's for everything not just food but experiences and and i certainly hope that i certainly hope that people as they learn more about the modalities of that you're teaching that they feel the they can listen to the an intuitive calling that maybe pulls them in the right in that direction if it's there and if it's not there that's okay too <laughs> um, yeah. but i think that we've definitely explored a lot of different aspects around just probably more so than any other any other interview that i've had in which one modality can affect so many different aspects of your your well-being uh, that's it. It's, yeah. it's it's nearly like it's a way of life. It's not just a thing. It's a bit like you know the Catholic Church. You go to Mass on Sunday, and that's it. That's your job. Yeah. And you go out of that church, you can do what you want. You know, which is basically what most people do. So you're and you're trying to get your Qigong people to not just treat it like Mass. Come in, yeah, do your Qigong, and leave, and have your McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> you get so much more out of it. Is it doesn't just become this one hour once a week. That's if you look at how you can incorporate it into your daily life, that that's what it is. It's a way of looking after your body so that you can appreciate everything so much more. And mm. it's not the materialistic things. It's about 
looking around you and looking how blessed we are to live in such a nice country and whatever and have you know a climate that isn't extreme at the moment and just to, to always look at that thing of gratitude is yeah. huge so it's and that is a biggie i suppose that i wouldn't have got from the catholic spirits at all mm. that's very much an easter thing to be grateful for what you have and, you know, to make the most of it, you know. And we forget about that because we're so busy looking for what we don't have. We forget about what we have. And so, you know, it's the first thing people are taught, your gratitude journal. And it has a power that is is really, really fantastic, you know, just to be happy, which are a lot. And you look at the happiest people. It's certainly not the people with the most money or the most things. <laughs> It's so, um, like if you travel around, I remember when we were in Nepal and they had nothing, the people that were our guides and they had nothing, but they were happy, they were laughing, you know, laughter. And they, so I think, yeah, it's to be able to sort of appreciate, it's to have that appreciation for what we have and make the most of what you have. Yeah. Yeah. And it begins by noticing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me then how. I don't think I've actually gotten these details from you. I can put them in the description, but if you could tell oh, yeah. us where we could actually find, I know that there's an online component and then there's a in-person component. Yeah. To both. So my, uh, so my business is called, I don't like to call it business because I'm not very business-like with it. But <laughs> the name of, so on, on my website, it's called Connemara and Tai Chi. So I would have started teaching when I was sort of living in Connemara, so that's where the name come from. And I love Connemara, so that's the other reason it's called that. And Tai Chi is where my first love started with this movement. So Connemara Tai Chi is the name of my company, you could call it. And I teach online and I teach live. So I teach online only Qigong because Tai Chi can become a bit complicated going right and left and forward and back. So I do Zoom classes on... A Tuesday morning, and I do a Zoom class on a Thursday. Um, and then live, I do an outro class on a Monday in the Circle of Life Garden here in Salt Hill and Galway. And so we do Tai Chi 11 to 12, and we do Qigong 12 to 1. And amazingly, uh, I sort of, we did have to retreat a little bit when it got quite cold this winter, but we've been very lucky with the weather this summer. We haven't had to cancel at all so it's been mm. really really nice and we're going to continue on during this winter and persevere and see how we get on yeah it's uh, so very much weather dependent but we're lucky in that the garden is a lot of nice trees and that sort of protects us a bit and, yeah uh, and then my live classes are on on a tuesday and they're in this um in barna here in Galway as well and it's in the youth hub beside barna church catholic church and we have Qigong 2 to 3 on a Tuesday afternoon. Oh, we have Tai Chi 3 to 4. And that's it. Yeah. That's, that's enough. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. Enough. Yeah. Okay. But if they went to Kanamara, Kanamara Tai Chi, is that yeah, .com or .ie? Um, www.kanamaratai.chi.com. Well, I can find the link. And then they could find yeah. any online Zoom classes that... That's probably the way that somebody that was in America or outside of Ireland could could participate or begin to. And I really forgot Colin. Go ahead, I yeah. Fort. I teach. Oh, you teach in Westport too? Oh, okay. On a Wednesday, so I teach okay. in Westport. 
went and say, I'm not starting back in September in the leisure park there. Okay. Uh, well, to one on a Wednesday, yeah. And what about any like social media or a newsletter or anything? Yeah, I'm not great on social media. That's okay. Uh, I am. Uh, so I am starting newsletters. So my students do get them because okay. I send them by email. I'm very good on the email okay. where I sort of fall down on the other stuff. But um, they can sign up for that on the website. I understand. The, yeah. And great. this. This term now, I hope to do workshops. So they'll be happening in Galway. So that'll give people an opportunity to get a taster of what Titan Qigong is. It's a nice way of just seeing whether you like it or not, you know, because at the end of the day, you have to try it. That's the best way. Well, thank you so much for all the time. and Thank you, Colin. It was wonderful. I really enjoy our talks. Oh, of course. Yeah. We go deep. (laughs) (laughs) And very quickly. It doesn't take very long. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, thank you again. It was lovely.